Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Berg Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. You know what that means. Second half, we have the mailbag. Excited to dive into those questions. Didn't have a ton. That's okay. That is okay. We've got a lot to talk about in the first half. We've got the mailbag in the second half. Make sure you're staying tuned for the entire episode. But it's Wednesday. It's early June. And there's a lot to discuss because guess what? We're getting ready to those. It's not really even summer. Summer, summer doesn't start till June 21st, but still the dog days of that month long, maybe a little bit over a month where there's really hopefully nothing going on. But as of now, there is still some stuff to discuss. OTAs, the Steelers have started their last week of organized team activities. It's the final week before the team goes into mandatory minicamp. Last year, Mandatory minicamp was canceled. The Steelers had such good participation in OTAs that Mike Tomlin felt it wasn't even necessary. Will that happen again? I don't know. But I do know that right now, final week of OTAs, they have had good attendance. You haven't heard since the very first week when TJ Watt missed the first workout. Larry Ogunjobi missed the first two. They're all back. They're all there. So there's really not a lot of news coming out of that camp. In case you missed it, Steelers had filled out their 90-man roster, but then there were reports that, that they released another player, so they might be down to 89. I need to double-check. I've said it a million times on this podcast. I know other people have as well. Dave Schofield definitely has. It, the 90-man the offseason roster is fluid. It is ever-changing. You have players coming and going all the time. So just know that we these fringe players, while we get excited for all that, doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to stick around and it could anything is possible. If you get to training camp, sometimes for these players on the fringe, getting to training camp is a challenge, but the big news actually happened on Tuesday. Tuesday was Kenneth Shane Pickett's birthday. That's right. KP eight. He turned 25 years old. Now, as I often do on this show, I like to give you a rundown as to how in the world I came up with this topic, this topic. I did not know this was Kenny Pickett's birthday. So my mom, though, came into town, spent some time with the grandkids, help around the house, do all that stuff. And she is a very loyal listener of the Let's Ride podcast. And not only that, a lot of our shows on the Steel Curtain Network. And she said, you know what? Let me know when you put out your tweet 
for the mailbag segment because I have a question. I said, well, what's your question? She goes, well, you're going to have to wait and find out. I said, just tell me this stupid question. So she finally says, well, I'm curious that a lot of people are always criticizing Kenny Pickett and how old he is. Is it, does it matter? And I said, you know what? That's actually a really good question. And I said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to do a whole, though that is my first topic. That's going to be my first topic for the show on Wednesday. Come to find out, total happenstance, that Tuesday was Kenny Pickett's birthday. Perfect timing for the topic. I, I got to thank my mom for giving me the idea. So what I wanted to do was Kenny Pickett's age. He turned 25 years old. Is it a positive or is it a negative? Most of the time, then you hear people talk about Kenny Pickett's age. It's akin to his hand size. It's never a positive. People say, oh, he's so old for a rookie. Or that was last year, obviously, but for a second-year player, a young player in the league, he's just so old. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's all negative, that he's not a really old player. So what I decided to do was I wanted to take a look at past quarterbacks. How old were they when they came into the league? I also wanted to look at, you know, just over the overall pros and cons of having a player like Kenny Pickett, who stayed the fifth year in college, and entered the league later than most. Because let's be honest, most players entering the NFL are around the same age, which is typically 21 or 22. You'll have the outliers that are 23 years old. Most of the players that were drafted by the Steelers in this 2023 draft class were either 21 or 22 years old. Very young. And that is the way the NFL is trending. They want younger players. That way, when they get to the second contract, they have they still have a lot of years left. They're not getting someone that is aging themselves out of the league. So is someone who is older considered good or bad? And this is still so freaking crazy to me that we talk about Kenny Pickett, who was 24 years old in his first season, as somehow being old. I mean, 24 is not old. But in NFL terms, that's an aging player when you talk about six years until they hit that, that 30, number 30. So... Let's talk about it. I did ask some, I had a couple polls out there, one on my Twitter feed, one on the website, behindthestillcurtain.com. That website does still exist, by the way. And I asked people this question, what do they think? So we'll get to those results here in a second. So what, what this comes down to for me is that there are positives to be gleaned from for a player like Kenny Pickett, 24 years old, coming into the league, now 25, entering year two. To me, that's experience. Mike Tomlin's spoken about this a lot, saying that his in-game experience has been much greater than a lot of players coming into the NFL. And it, it's probably because he started for so long at Pitt. And you think about a lot of these players who had to sit behind someone else, then they finally got their chance. So they might have experience of being in a college system, but they didn't have the starting experience. Kenny Pickett came into the NFL with a lot of starting experience. Does that mean that he is 100% ready for the NFL? Clearly, he's not. We, we saw the bumps along the way last season. However, when they say he's the most NFL ready, this is a large reason why. The experience that he has coming from the college level. So that's a pro. That's, that's a positive here. What's another one? He's also gaining a lot more knowledge by staying in, in college for another year. No, I'm not talking about his college education. Kenny Pickett said it himself. I, in his final year at Pitt, he graduated, or he he had a degree in football. He literally was just going, taking a few classes, and then he was practicing and getting ready for games. 
But the knowledge that he gained from just playing that one more year, seeing maybe a couple new wrinkles that defenses were throwing out. Again, not here to suggest that he came into the NFL and, boy, he's seen everything. No, that never happens for any rookie at any position at any age. But in this regard, Kenny Pickett has seen a lot, and it does tie in with the experience, but the knowledge base that he has up in his brain from playing against some of these players that are now in the NFL, from just overall game reps, that's valuable. That's a pro. And then lastly, just really playing in big games as well. You know, he led the Pitt Panthers to an ACC championship his final year at Pitt. He didn't play in the bowl game that year, but still he's gotten himself into really high-level competitive situations throughout his college career, and that is only done at that level by sticking around. A lot of people will say that some of those pros, you know, uh, experience, I get it, but at the same time, it just seems like it's a little much. But I think there are a lot of positives that can come from Kenny Pickett staying in college the extra year and entering the NFL a little bit older than some of his colleagues. Let's go to the negatives. Now, a negative is that a team, in this case the Pittsburgh Steelers, who took him 20th overall in the 2022 NFL draft, they're looking at a player that, okay, he's 24 years old. By the time that he's done with his rookie contract, assuming that the fifth-year option's picked up, Okay, what are we looking at now? Well, now he's going to be five years later, 29 years old. So his second contract, he's going to be closing in on 30. How long is that contract going to be? How long or do they think he's going to be able to play? How long is he going to be able to sustain that? All those questions absolutely come up when you're talking about the duration of an NFL contract, the duration of an NFL career. And when you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, that matters. And that's a negative for a lot of people. It's a negative for a lot of people that the, the time in the NFL is less than someone that came out at, say, age 21 or 22. Next, the, the that second contract in and of itself can be viewed as a negative. I talked about the duration and the overall timeline in the NFL being much shorter. But with that second contract, is the team going to be as inclined to say, hey, <clears throat> excuse me, he wants to, we want to give him a, five-year extension or a four-year extension. Who knows? At that age, you don't know. So you have an older player. When they're done with that rookie contract, that's definitely a concern. And lastly, we know as the body ages, wear and tear on the body. Here's a guy that was in the concussion protocol. I'm not about to say that he had multiple concussions because we know, and I would guess and I would bet money, that what happened leading up to the Sunday night game against Miami last year that it was not a concussion. He was in the protocol. It probably did not turn out to be a concussion. So I want to make that very clear. But someone that was in the protocol more than once last year, you have to worry about injuries. You have to worry about even brain injuries as how is it going to impact his career. As the body gets older, sometimes it doesn't respond as well. That is a concern. To me, when I look at this list that I kind of outlined, some people say, man, Jeff, those pros that you're talking about, it's kind of a stretch, right? Well, I look at the cons, and there's people that will probably say, man, that's kind of a stretch too, isn't it? And that's what it kind of all boils down to. It boils down to what in the world are is, – is why is this such a big concern? You know, why is the age of a rookie such a big deal? And when you're talking about looking at – okay, on Twitter, here's what I asked. Does the age of a rookie matter in the NFL? 
had a little over 100 votes at the time of me recording. So I had three options. Yes, it matters. No, it doesn't. And it depends on the position. 50% of people said it depends on the position. 36 said, yes, it matters. And 14% said, no, it doesn't. Did have a comment from Jeff Slattery. I think I said that correctly. He said, I voted for it depends on the position. A 40-year-old kicker, not a biggie. 40-year-old running back, not too sure about that. I get it. That makes sense. So what I also did is I asked at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com a very similar question, and I put a poll into the article. So here's the same question about the rookies. I even listed in the article how offensive tackle Broderick Jones was 21 years old when he was drafted, now 22. He's had a birthday recently. Cornerback Joey Porter Jr. is 22. Keanu Benton is 21. Darnell Washington is 21. Nick Herbig is 21. Spencer Anderson is 22. All very young players. That is the trend in the NFL. So had almost 200 votes at the time that this being recorded. And again, 48% said depends on the position. 37% said not a big deal. And 15% said, yes, it absolutely matters. So I think that if you look at these two polls that I ran and you're trying to draw some type of conclusion, it is that the vast majority of people that voted said it doesn't really matter or it depends on the question. It depends on the position. It was the predominant vote getter, if I want to put it that way. So here's what I also did. Because I kind of agree with that. It does depend on the position. But I wanted to look back at some of the notable quarterbacks in the last 20 plus years and see how old were they when they came into the league. Now, these names that I'm going to be rattling off, I'm not going to be talking about a Mason Rudolph or a Devlin Duck Hodges. I'm talking about these predominant quarterbacks, big name players, first round draft picks, not all but most first round draft picks came in, had a lot of success in the NFL. All I looked at, how old were they when they were drafted? So who do you start with? Of course, you start with Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, most Super Bowls won by a quarterback in NFL history. He was drafted in the year 2000 out of Michigan. He was 23 years old when he was drafted. Had a pretty good career, pretty long career as well, mind you. Peyton Manning was drafted in 1998. He was 22 out of the University of Tennessee. Drew Brees out of Purdue, 2001. He was 22. Eli Manning out of Ole Miss, 2004. We know that draft class, right? He was 23. Phillip Rivers, NC State, same draft class, 23. Let's finish out that draft class. Big Ben Roethlisberger out of Miami of Ohio. He was 22 when he was drafted. Well, what about Patrick Mahomes? He was drafted in 2017, 22 years old. Deshaun Watson, 2017, 22 years old. Lamar Jackson in 2018, he was drafted in the first round, very ended by the Baltimore Ravens, obviously coming out of Louisville, 21 years old. Joe Burrow out of LSU. This is where the biggest the biggest comparison with Kenny Pickett in terms of age is because Joe Burrow did go down to LSU. He got that extra year in college, was, was drafted in 2020, but he, too, was 24 years old when the Cincinnati Bengals drafted him. You don't hear a lot of people talking about Joe Burrow's age as an issue right now. You don't hear a lot of people talking about Joe Burrow's age when it comes to contract negotiations that are going on. Maybe it's a factor behind closed doors, but from what is being put out there to the national media, that's not one of those factors. Let's keep going. Josh Allen was drafted in 2018 out of, I believe, Wyoming. He was 22. Justin Fields out of Ohio State in 2021. He was 22. 
Justin Herbert in 2020, he was 22 years old when he came out of Oregon. C.J. Stroud, I was like, let's look at the two high-profile quarterbacks, the two, the top two picks in the draft. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, who was 21 years old, and Bryce Young out of Alabama was also 21 years old. And in case you forgot or just didn't hear it properly, Kenny Pickett, drafted last year, was also 24 years old. So when you're talking about the age of everything here, let's kind of bring this full circle. Yeah, Tom Brady was 23. Eli Manning was 23. Phillip Rivers was 23. Joe Burrow was 24. I mean, what are we talking about here, people? Like, a lot of people have a big issue with this. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I think it does depend on the position. I agree with everyone that voted in one of the polls, whether it was on Twitter or on the website. I agree that it depends on the position, but I also don't think that it's as big a deal as people make it out to be. Just like I didn't think that the hand size, which another parallel with Joe Burrow there, he was criticized for his hand size leading up to the draft when he was drafted in 2020. It, it's, it's not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Can the quarterback win football games? That's what matters. How old he is doesn't matter. How big his hands are doesn't matter. What matters is can he win football games? Second half of last season, Kenny Pickett did a pretty good job of that. Let's see if he can pick that up in 2023. But it was just fitting that Kenny Pickett's birthday being on Tuesday, and this was the topic that I was going to talk about. And big thanks to my mom for giving me the uh, thought for this show. Hope you all enjoyed that. I also hope you'll enjoy the mailbag segment. I know I always do. We've got some golf questions, folks. We've got some stuff to talk about. There was some news on Tuesday. We'll get right into that after this break. Stay tuned. fans welcome back to the second half thank you for sticking around it's time for the mailbag segment as you know every tuesday i put out a tweet you just got to find me on twitter at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t i asked a question i put a funny gift from one of my favorite movies this week it was tommy boy when he's talking about the guarantee on the box we'll just leave it at that you can check it out if you if, if you know you know we'll put it that way let's get this show on the road mitchell gibbons asked can the steelers upset the 49ers in week one would you rather face Brock Purdy or Trey Lance? I think this one could be an early steal like we did against the Bill two, Bills two years ago. In my opinion, they, the 49ers are tough. They're going to be a tough team. It's going to be a tough test. I honestly think, you know, we have Brock Purdy. We'll see what, what his progress is. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Uh, fortunately for fans for Sports Network, one of our great, um, you know, one of our great feeds on the network is our 49ers feed, right? And they are obviously all in on talking about this quarterback stuff. So I hear a lot of it. I see a lot of it on social media. So I don't know if Brock Purdy is actually going to be ready. There are a lot of really good reports out there right now, uh, but that he's trending in the right direction. I really don't care. I think the Steelers match up well against Purdy or Lance. It's going to come down to, can they stop the run? 
Can they not let someone like Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey break loose? That's what it's going to come down to. I don't think it's going to come down to either quarterback, if I'm being honest, but I do think they could steal one like they did against Buffalo. This is the last, the last time I think I read this on Twitter. The last time the Steelers had a home opener was when Antonio Brown kicked the Cleveland Browns punter right in the face on a punt return. It's been that long. That fan, that, that crowd's going to be hyped up for that game. No doubt about it. Let's go to Brian Haynes. What are you most excited about in training camp? It's the same thing every year. Camp battles. I love to hear those reports about camp battles that are happening. Who's doing well? Who's not doing well? Who's struggling? Who has the edge? And I actually love the fact that we get to see this play out in the preseason as well. So I, I love everything about training camp. I think it's a really exciting time. Matt Sable says, what's your reaction to the PGA and live golf merging? I'm not about to celebrate anything. I did predict this. I don't know if I said this publicly on the podcast, but I know I told my dad, my brother, everyone around me that talks to me about golf. I said, look, these two entities are not going to be able to survive on their own. The PGA tour can live. Can't live is going to want to try and merge with the PGA tour at some point. And I just, I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. But when it did, all those holy rollers out there that said you should never, PGA would never do this, they're holier than now, the blood money of the Saudis, you know, look, I'm not here to say that that's that's good stuff, what they're doing in terms of where they're getting their money from, but I'm also not about to suggest that other leagues, including the NFL, especially the NBA, don't have their hands in some quote-unquote blood money as well. So, hey, if, if they can bring some excitement, if Live Golf, if they're not going to call it that probably, but if they can bring some team-type stuff to the PGA, even in the offseason, I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Heath Davis asked several. El Jefe, that gif you posted is what I tell the Ravens fans when they say the guarantee, they guarantee Lamar will be healthy all season. Very funny. Next one from Heath. We always hear great stories about performances at OTAs. Do you think the talk about Austin 316, that's Calvin Austin, being as fast as they are, saying is just smoke or is he really that fast? So I, I don't trust in this regard. You know, a beat writer could be standing on the sideline and say, wow, like that dude's fast. I want to see, I want to hear it from a player on the field. And if you read the article I wrote on Tuesday, it was all about how Patrick Peterson, who does the All Things Covered podcast with his cousin and former Steeler, Bryant McFadden, he was asked about Calvin Austin. He goes, so here he is lined up against Calvin Austin on the outside. Calvin Austin's not in the slot. He's on the outside. And so he goes through this, you know, Calvin Austin comes up, he does a little stutter, and he's gone. And Patrick Peterson is immediately in trail mode. He said, I had to do a little tug and pull. You have, you've seen defensive backs do that where they kind of, grab the jersey, pull the guy back as they kind of slingshot them with the, themselves forward. It's it's a tactic that's been used forever. Really good guys like Patrick Peterson can get away with it. Others, not so much. But he said that joker is fast. I take Patrick Peterson's word over beat writers. So yes, I think he is that fast. Another one from Heath. Do you believe these last few personnel moves don't uh, do our or have done it for the Steelers, or is the con artist keeping one in the chamber to pull the trigger on one last good deal? Look, if he finds a deal, people don't don't confuse yourself here. The Steelers are at 90 men on their offseason roster, and Omar Khan sees a player that's on the open market, and he likes him. He's not going to say, 
oh, I can't sign him because we're at 90. No, he's going to sign a guy and he's going to cut a guy. There you go. There's your roster spot. Like it happens all the time. It doesn't mean it's a high profile signing, but you'll hear that the Steelers signed so-and-so and waived someone injured or they released so-and-so. So even if they're at 90, the con artist is still alive and well, and he could absolutely make some moves. Final question from Heath. Pick the first offensive play for the Steelers this season and the result of the play. If you get it right, I will order you lunch the following Monday. Okay, I, I don't know how specific you need me to get. I'm going to I'm gonna go with a safe bet. There's going to be jet sweep motion, uh, and I will say that Calvin Austin is going to be that guy running the jet sweep motion, and it's going to be a run to Najee Harris. We'll say on the left side, on the left side of the offensive line. That's what it is. It's going to be a between-the-tackle run, right up the middle, right up the gut. There you go. King Tibbs. Hey, Jeff, I love the gift, man. Tommy Boy was such an epic movie. Rest in peace to Chris Farley. My question is, what's your opinion on our overall passing attack? Seeing a lot of these build-your-future team posts and was thinking, was just thinking about whether where our guys could be by season's end. This hinges on a lot of different factors, and this is something I thought about after – I recorded with Shannon White on Monday for the Monday morning conversation. Make sure you check that out in case you missed it. It was a great show. We talked a lot about everything that is going to impact the offense. You're talking Matt Canada. You're talking about um, Kenny Pickett taking that leap. You're talking about the new offensive lineman gelling. Uh, and, and you're talking about the, the receivers like Deontay Johnson developing a very good rapport with Kenny Pickett. Can George Pickens run a better route tree and be more than a one-trick pony? Is Calvin Austin going to stay healthy? How are they going to use Connor Hayward? What about the running game, and how is it going to open up the pass? Are they going to do more play action? You can see where I'm going with this, people. There's a lot of moving pieces, and for me to say, what's my opinion on the passing attack? I don't know. I have no clue. We'll see how it's looking. You know, Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickens can say in separate interviews that things are looking different and that they're light years ahead. Whatever. I got to see it first. Let's go to Brandon Diaz. He asks several questions. Number one, thoughts on the PGA and live merger. I kind of already talked about that. I'm all for it. Let's put this crap behind us and move on with the best product possible. Number two, who will be the better wide receiver by the end of the season? Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? I will take George Pickens because he'll have more big plays. Number three, who do you think the five captains will be this year and why? All right, offensively, Najee, he's a returning captain. Kenny Pickett, he uh, usurps, I guess, uh, Mitch Trubisky as the offensive captain. Defensively, we know Cam Hayward. That's not going to change. And I think that TJ Watt's probably going to be a captain again this year as well. The fifth, they don't want to go special teams. I want to say last year was Miles Killebrew. Maybe it's not. It was. It's been Chris Boswell in the past. I wanted to be Chris Boswell. That's who my guess is. Number four, would you stop playing golf for one year if it meant the Steelers would win the next Super Bowl? Why do people have to ask me these type of questions? I really don't understand. I love golf. I love golfing with my children. I love golfing all the time. I love the Steelers. I hope for nothing more than the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Why do I have to pick and choose? People ask me these questions all the time. Honestly, would I, would I quit golf for one year? I'm not answering that. That's too tough. Number five. Where, where's, what are Brian Shower's thoughts this week? Okay, he's talking about the Steelers preview with Brian Davis where he was talking about how he was thinking about, he was thinking about a guy that we call Frank Webb, former running back on the roster a couple years ago on the 90-man, didn't make the team. Um, I don't know, and I don't know if I want to know. 
what Brian's thoughts are this week. Number six, which defense was better? The 70s, 2005, or 2008? Explain. I was not alive for the 70s dynasty. So my dad, if he's listening to this, which he does sometimes, he's probably cringing over this. But I'm going to take the early 2000s. And the reason why, the game was different. They said it was more of an aerial attack. You had to be a more well-rounded defense. Not that the 70s didn't have, I mean, I don't, how can we forget Mel Blunt? I mean, come on. They changed the rules for the guy. But the biggest reason why I'm going to take the, the 2000s over the 70s is, well, there's a couple. But the biggest reason is free agency. The 70s dynasty team got to keep everyone for as long as they wanted. And they just kept signing them. And they, there's no way in hell that that team would be able to stay together in the modern era. None. They wouldn't be able to afford all those guys. Are you kidding me? The class of 74 with all those Hall of Famers, they would have had to cut ties with someone. I don't know who, but they would have. I doubt that Swan and Stallworth would have stayed together for as long as they did. And then also the rule changes. You know, you talk about the Mel Blunt rule. You see that some of the hits that these guys were delivering. I love it. But in 05 and 08, James Harrison was basically, you know, he was the number one criminal for Roger Goodell. So I'm going to take the early 2000s. Number seven, what's more likely, Najee over 1,500 rushing yards or Kenny throwing over 3,500? I'll take Najee going over 1,500. Number eight, what Steeler do you think will be the surprise cut? Who will be the surprise to make it? So the surprise cut for me, this is okay. The surprise cut would be someone like Miles Boykin. I think he has a really good chance to make the team. Oh, no, that's not even a surprise. He's kind of a fringe guy. A surprise cut where I say, whoa, like they cut that guy would be Allen Robinson. That's the true surprise. The surprise to make it, huh? I'll go with uh, the seventh round pick. Last guy, I think Spencer was it Spencer Anderson. I don't even know if that's his name. If he makes the team, I would be surprised. All right, let's go to the last one. Bagels and bong rips. I love that handle. I mean, not the, you know what I mean? It's just a cool handle. He says, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, but what is the objective proof that Pickett should be the starter versus Trubisky? Honestly, the only thing that I can offer you here in this regard, because everyone's going to have their camps, you know, some people are in the Pickett camp, some are in the other quarterback camp, whoever that other is. It's the fact that Kenny Pickett provides more upside his ceiling in terms of the way that they play and the way that they performed, especially down the stretch people, the Steelers, mainly they view him as having higher upside. They drafted him in the first round for a reason. They want to see him succeed. That's why he is the starter versus Mitch Trubisky. You may not like that answer, but that's my answer. There you go. Okay, folks, that does it for me. I hope you all enjoyed this show. Cause I did. Uh, again, big shout out to my mom for giving me the topic. I will be back on Friday. You know, I said last week that I was going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on and then schedules got in the way. I don't know if he'll be on, but I will be here no matter what with someone in the second half to talk about all things Steelers. So make sure you stay tuned for that. You know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.